Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Brother Zach McGee is going to come this evening. Amen. It's already been said. Yes, there's been many, many people around here working a lot of hours and such, but uh, God never slumbers nor sleeps. Amen. And so he's, he's, he's still on the throne and he still has command of all things. Amen. This evening, and he can work in some of the most curious and mysterious ways that our minds cannot even begin to comprehend. Amen. How God can just bring something about. And so I know that he's able to use Brother Zach to night although tired in body able to bring a reviving of the spirit amen to help us hear what the spirit would say into the church you know God he's a talker he's always talking he's always saying something the Bible says the spirit speaketh expressively to the church and so I want to get on the right frequency so I can hear what the spirit is saying what God is saying he's talking tonight and we'll hear what he has to say through his word will you give a great hand clap to the Lord tonight amen as brother Zach McGee comes welcome he and the Lord give this place this evening Oh, how sweet it is to praise his name. Nothing like God's presence. Lord, thank you, Jesus. I'd just uh, like to say how great Alex and everybody did tonight. You know, they did a really great job, and I think they deserve a hand clap. I'm really uncomfortable being up in front of everybody. I always am. I don't think this is anything I'll ever be uh, really comfortable with. But I've got no doubt that God put me here. So uh, I ask you to have patience with me as I, you can call it teaching, preaching. I'm just going to minister the word that I've got. But I'd like to give honor to our pastor. He's taught us all, and an iron sharpens iron. He's taught us greatly. I've learned so much just listening to him, and I'm blessed beyond measure to call him my pastor. For Bishop, just the love he shows, the example he sets, always hearing his prayers. I hear him pray for every one of us by name. You know, I thank God for my parents raising me right. But tonight, I just have one question. What does it mean to be a Christian? I was talking to a friend uh, several months ago, and we just happened to talk about God, and that was the question I asked him. But I believe the answer is simply this, to be as Christ-like as possible in every moment of our lives. To learn how to do this, we need to take a look at Christ, who is our God and Savior, and also our perfect example of how to live our lives. If you could help me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for the chance to be in your house. God, we thank you 
for your love. We thank you for the life, God, that you lived and for the sacrifice. God, we thank you that you died and that you rose again and that you reigned in our hearts and our lives. God, I pray you would speak through me, God. Anoint my lips to speak your word. Anoint our hearts, God. Let us hear, let us receive your word tonight, God. Lord, be praised and glorified, God. Let us leave here with a greater understanding of who you are, your love, and your truth, God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. Taking a look at Christ is really simple and really complicated at the same time. To start off with, Jesus was a man of prayer and fasting. He prayed for people constantly. If you don't know how best to pray, imagine praying for someone else like you'd want them to pray for you. He prayed for himself. He knew he needed to carry on. Because as much as he was God in the flesh, he was still flesh and still knew weakness. He knew where to lay his burdens down at. With his prayers, he fasted. He wasn't obvious about it. He didn't go around saying, hey, I'm fasting. He never put it on show because he knew it wasn't about him. He didn't pray or fast out of convenience. Jesus knew he needed it, though. His prayers made such impacts in the lives of his disciples and helped him himself to keep going every single day. I believe if not for the prayers and the fasting and leaning upon God, he would have never had the strength to carry that cross up the hill. With the fasting, it helped him to grow even more. It helped him to do greater works. A consistent life of prayer and fasting will keep us right where we need to be. With both, God will be able to move in and through our lives in such dramatic ways, it will take your breath away. But Jesus, believe it or not, he was tempted just like we are every day, and he endured. The devil himself personally came up and promised Jesus everything that sounded good. He tempted him when, after he was done fasting, he was hungry. He tempted him to make bread out of stone, something simple for him, and yet not in God's will to be done at that time. The devil tempted him with kingdoms and with power. Tempted him to use his angels, and I believe this was part of the hardest thing, to convince everyone that he was Christ. Because Jesus was just doing it with his life, showing love, showing simplicity, going to the sinners and not just going to the righteous. The devil knew Jesus' weakest points and hit him right where it hurt, right where it's the, right where it's the hardest to stand. Being tempted in and of itself is not the sin. There's always something wrong that we want. It's natural, we're flesh, we're human. But it's when we stop to entertain it, it's when we stop to give in to that temptation, that's where it becomes the sin. And remember this when you're tempted. It means you're probably doing something right. And the devil wants you to do something wrong. Jesus was able to endure all of this using the word, and he rebuked the devil. He didn't entertain the temptations, and he didn't try to stand upon his own strength. I know we've all made that mistake before, thinking I'm strong enough to handle this. I don't need to pray about it. I don't need the word. In Luke 4 and 8, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. 
It's important to know the word of God. It'll save you from a lot of the devil's antics. And applying it to your life, applying it with your words and in your prayers, cause the devil to leave from you. In all honesty, we have no true excuse for giving in to our temptations. But thank God for grace for when we do fall. And if you feel like you've fallen one too many times, I've never seen a limit to how many times God said he would forgive us. The only thing you need to do after you fall is get back up and try again. Jesus was a loving and friendly man. He accepted people just how they were, but people couldn't help but walk away changed after they met him. The trick to this, I believe, in my experience, he never pushed truth upon a person. He never pushed a person to anything. He would just witness to them. He would just show love and kindness and would allow them to make the choice and continue to show kindness even if they chose not to follow him. But a woman at the well walked away telling others all about Jesus. Your witnessing can go a lot further than you realize than just the one person you witness to. Because people are going to talk about how you talk and how you act. A blind man walked away with sight and praise to God. A rich young ruler, ruler walked away sad. You think, you know, what's wrong with this picture? But he felt conviction would be better but he didn't want to do it. A person cannot be made to follow their convictions. All we can do is continue to be a witness with our lifestyle and pray for them. There's many people, many of us who are here now, not because someone tried to push us to follow convictions, but because they prayed for us in a prayer closet. Multitudes walked away with greater wisdom and even fed. Jesus helped them learn and know more about the word, but he also met a physical need. A simple act of kindness, just simply helping someone with a physical need, even if it's not telling them about God, that simple act of kindness can make a greater impact. And a woman, knowing of his virtue, sought to touch even just the hem of his garment found healing. Our virtue and personalities should help a person feel better after they walk away from us, not worse. We need to carry ourselves with integrity so that when people know they can come to us and they can walk away better. And the super religious walked away frustrated because in wisdom and humility, he spoke simply truth. He didn't go out to them to prove them wrong. He only talked to them because they asked him questions. If they wanted to argue, he didn't argue back. He answered, and that was it. And I think the most beautiful part is whether they accept it or not, sinners walked away knowing about God. They walked away understanding his love. Jesus was forgiving in his nature. He forgave the woman caught in the act of adultery. Obviously, there's no hiding that she was guilty. But to Jesus, that didn't matter. He forgave many people. When they came to him for a healing, they weren't there for forgiveness. And yet he forgave them of their sin. And even on the cross, Jesus forgave the men who hung him there. Every man who beat him. 
laid those whips to his back. Those cat of nine tails just ripping and tearing his flesh. Those men he forgave. They weren't doing it just simply following orders. They may have been enjoying this, you know, just enjoying beating this man to a pulp. And he forgave them. He forgave the men who took that hammer, put that nail on his hand, and drove it through. He made fun of everyone that spit in his face. He forgave without someone giving him a reason to forgive them. He didn't have to hear, I'm sorry. I think Jesus was so forgiving because he wasn't looking at what people did to him. He was just looking at that fact. They're a soul. They have a need. There's eternity to worry about. Grace has a healing quality. The more we show it, the more lives are touched and healed. Jesus was a leader, a teacher, and a living example of love and truth. He didn't just tell people what to do. He didn't just be like, you need to pray, and you need to fast, you need to go to church, you need to wear such and such and do such and such. He showed them. He lived it himself. Jesus had all this power. He, there was no limits to what he could do. And yet, the simplest thing, he obeyed his parents. He, I believe this shows great humility on his part. He respected authority, just like he expects us to do. Even when he had other plans in mind. As Christians, especially as Christians, we should respect authority even when it's not something we like. He, he taught his disciples how to pray and live holy lives. It wasn't just that he sh- told them in detail. It's that they could watch him and learn. I know I can watch men before me. I hear their prayers in a prayer room. And because of that, I know how to pray better. I can think, uh, I know how to pray for this person. It's the example you set that makes the biggest impact. The biggest, one of the big examples is in the good times and in the hardest times, Jesus remained faithful. He stood for truth even when people hated him for it. And a lot of people hated him. They killed him for it. <laughs> but, but regardless of anything, all the opposition and hypocrites out there, he continued to teach people of truth and love. Multitudes, great crowds, and one-on-one with individuals. He took the opportunities as they came, and he also made opportunities of his own. You can have a casual conversation with a friend and bring up a topic about God. There's a, I work with a friend. We call him Hopper. He's, he's a character at best. But uh, every now and then we have time just to sit and talk. And the conversation of God will come up and... I'm not refraining. I'm not holding back. I'm telling him everything. I want him to know God like I know God. It's going to take, I know it takes persistence because not everyone comes right away. But I still got faith in this that he will someday come. We need to overcome this fear of speaking out. We're always afraid they're going to just blow it off. You know, sometimes we think everyone's heard of Jesus. It's just cliche. But they haven't heard of him like we know him. They haven't felt his type of forgiveness and grace and seen his power at work. The one chance that we have of speaking out, you know, taking the courage, having the courage to do it, that might be the chance to win a soul. 
even if you've taken a thousand chances and none of those have worked out, there's always a thousand and first. Jesus conducted himself in such a way that others had no doubt as to who he was or what he stood for. There was, no one could ever call him a hypocrite. No one could ever be confused of what he stood for. Being a Christian, contrary to popular belief, is not a part-time job. You don't come to church and act like it and leave and act like everybody else in the world. This is a lifestyle. Jesus lived his life as a living sacrifice. He took the time to meet people's needs, whatever it took. He was tired and someone needed prayer. He went to pray for him. He was there for his disciples who were his closest friends and family. He didn't say, you don't need me as much because we're already close. He was there for them just the same. He died on the cross even when he had the power not to. He had the power to not die on that cross. And yet his prayer was not my will, but Lord, die and be done. A living sacrifice. His desire was to have God's perfect will be done no matter what it took. God can do absolutely anything through someone who's willing to make the sacrifice. Your sacrifice isn't too small, whether it's just fasting, even just a snack. Sometimes that's such a big thing, we don't even realize it because we can't get past thinking it's small. God loves seeing us step up to little things because everything is just another stepping stone to something greater. Jesus was very passionate in everything he did and everything he felt. His love showed no bounds. He loved people in their roughest states, like when Peter, one of his very best friends, denied him three times. They, they were close. They knew each other. And yet in a crucial moment, Peter's like, I don't know him. Don't associate me with him. He forgave the woman caught in adultery. He loved people just the way they are, like one of his disciples. He was a tax collector. That comes with a very bad reputation. Usually they cheat, they steal from people, but Jesus saw potential. Jesus just simply loved. He lived it, and he showed it. He showed uh, his passion through his love for everyone. He showed mercy and forgiveness when it wasn't asked for. He doesn't hesitate, and he didn't require any kind of formal apology. He showed his anger. You can be angry. It's okay. There's, <laughs> there's nothing sinful about it. But he showed it in an appropriate way, and he did it without sinning. He didn't cuss. He didn't fight. He didn't throw a temper tantrum. He reacted like a righteous man, and he didn't have to regret how he reacted later on. He felt and experienced sadness. He wasn't always all smiles and all hope and cheerfulness. And he didn't try to act or hide that he was sad. But he didn't let his sorrow keep him down or bring others down either. His grace, one of his greatest passions, it was given in a moment of time with great pain and sorrow for everyone with no restrictions. It was done simply out of love. 
If you trace the word passion, it's not just found in emotions. It's found in suffering. It's root word, suffering. We are God's greatest passion in both senses of the word. His death to cover our sins involved so much suffering and pain, but also involved so much emotion and love for us. His passion for love still has a beautiful impact on our lives and souls today. A single moment of love or grace will make a permanent impact on a life. Make these moments count. They pass by too quickly. It's a tiny window. Jesus comforted people. Matthew 17 and 7. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. Jesus' touch was gentle and comforting. It wasn't overbearing and it wasn't rude. His touch was exactly what that person needed. Our touch, whether with our words or a helping hand, should always be gentle and helpful. We shouldn't try to be condescending. We shouldn't be hurtful or try to push people away. We're here to touch them. We're here to make a person feel better. We're here to lead people to Christ. The simplest things make the biggest difference. One thing I've read on Facebook time and again, there was a girl riding around with her boyfriend. He was just smiling and waving to everyone he met. After a while, she asked, why are you doing this? And he said, I once heard a person say, if I had just seen someone smile and wave at me, it would have changed the way I had acted that day and changed my life. The simplest things make the biggest emphasis. Jesus was rejected by a lot of people, but he was also an inspiration to countless others. His life inspired people to be better than what they were. His families and disciples who were closest to him and saw him in the ups and the downs still knew his example was good. Many who even held just a single conversation with him were touched. In only a moment, because of just who he was, his character, his integrity, a good witness was established right away. And people couldn't help but notice his good nature and his love. His words gave people encouragement and hope. Jesus was careful with his words because words are very powerful things. You can cut a person down in a moment and take away every hope, every dream they've ever had. But you can also reverse that. With a single word, you can give them hope. You can give them, you can add fire to their dream. He never spoke without purpose. He didn't waste his breath. And he never used words or action to cut down anyone for any reason. Even if they may have, in what we would feel like, deserve it. He would rather hold his peace than use his words to cut someone down. His life challenged the lives of many people. And many sought to kill him because of it, because he stood for truth so strongly. If you're facing persecution for being a Christian, you're not alone, and you are definitely doing something right. Jesus was absolutely everything this world needed. Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. The reason I have this verse is because of this. You are what you think. If you don't think you can do it, and that's what you believe, you will never do it. If you start to believe that you can, 
you will find a way. If you change your mindset, you change your world, and by that, you change the world around you, you will never be perfect. Sorry to burst your bubbles. <laughs> but if you're striving for that mark to be more perfect, to be more like Christ, you will constantly be on that right track and constantly be growing. You'll be amazed at what determination will do and at how many times you'll pick yourself back up after you fall. Many people try to say motivation doesn't last, but neither does deodorant. <laughs> That's why we recommend it every day. The point is, when it's hard, just keep going. Jesus, God, knows exactly how it feels. He experienced every single weakness, every single temptation that we do. But he wouldn't give you this life and this calling without also giving you the strength and the hope to make it through. And if you could stand, I know it's short, but <laughs> we don't always realize it. I know so many times I don't realize it because I'm just not thinking about it. But we are exactly what the world around us needs. We are the only Bible some people are going to read. And we are sometimes the only way someone's going to get to know God by seeing him reflected in our lives. We are called to be like Christ, not simply in living our lives as sinless and blameless as possible, but in our characters and our integrities, be everything that Jesus was and is. When I was first thinking about this, I, didn't, I was really unsure of how much I should use this tonight. But we all need to be reminded of what it is to be a Christian. I can't cover everything that Christ was. I can't cover everything we need to do. But my prayer is that this would help remind us, this will help encourage us. So when we go back to our normal lives tomorrow, we don't forget that we had church tonight and that we are Christians. This altar is open. And I pray, God help us to be more like you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.